Uncensored. Thing sucks. Unpredictable. You want anarchy? No. Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Only on Ozzy the Ozzy the Ozzy the, Ozzy the Sports Junkie.com. We'll do it live! Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting number 69, Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Hi, this is Phil Henry. You're listening to Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Check this cat out. I'm not, uh, I, I'm not arguing here. I'm cooperating. And there's no, we're doing all we can. Well, heck, if you wanna, if you wanna play games here, I'm working with you on this thing here, but we run a pretty good chip. I know. Call. All right, I'll see the Sports Junkie back in the Sydney studios of the Sports Junkie Radio Network for the No Holds Barred podcast. A podcast, well, it's taking the world by storm, Jake. It's, you know, it's just raging. The numbers are incredible. The the numbers are round. Some are crooked. But they just continue to go north Darn and upward and upward and upward. And I think five new carriers of the show. Of course, we prefer Spotify. Got to be honest with you, Scotty. Uh, Scotty. Oh, I just about because Scotty Hayes is going to join us next week. That's my old partner. That's awesome, dude. I just called you, and I apologize, Oswald. Okay. Um, I can be Scotty Hayes like. Now what I've was been called worse things. The only thing is, I was going to say something pertinent, and now I can't remember what the pertinence was. Well, we were talking about the many platforms that you could hear the no old part. Oh, I, oh, that's right. I was going to say, and listeners, to be honest with you, I mean, it's nice to have listeners, but I do this for you and me. Uh, this is my therapy, and I think yours as well. And we, me too. You know, the show is called No Holds Barred with Ozzy and Jake. If you're listening for the first time, then you have to understand the show's about anything. There is no specifics. It could be about music. It could be about sports. Like when somebody says, oh, you're doing a podcast now. You're doing with, with Ozzy, the sports junkie? Yeah, what do you guys talk about? Sports? I go, well, yeah, kind of. What do you mean, kind of? Well, we talk about it kind of. What else? Uh, kind of music? Yeah. Yeah? Sex? Yeah? Did, Drugs? Yeah? You've been Whatever in, you want. You've been in sports radio for years. Did you ever get this, Jake? Oh, you were in radio, huh? What, what sports do you talk about? Football? Yeah. How about skiing? <laughs> yeah, we, 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 sports radio, we talk about sports and life. We don't. Yeah, we talk baseball only, lady. Just baseball, and that's all. Nuclear war could be coming on, and how about them Yankees? Do they get it done tonight? Well, it depends. Does a bomb hit the ground at 7.30? Maybe they might get the first pitch off. Yeah, you know, Talking about skiing, a couple of months before uh, skiing starts taking place again. What kind of skiing? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, competition. Guys, downhill. Sl- what do they call them? Slalom? Stuff like that? Franz Klammer? Who is the, um, she's going out with uh, Saban, the uh, great hockey player. Lind- yes. Who she, used to date, of course, Tiger Woods. She likes that. Uh, don't, just, don't, don't you she's dare. She's pregnant. She's pregnant, by the way. Is no, she really? she's not. Tiger's ex-wife is. She's going out with a uh, pro football player. I don't get it. I can't remember his name, but I guarantee you. The ex-wife? Yeah, sh- that, sure. I thought she went back to wherever she was, uh, you don't, know, where came from. Poland, Sweden you, or somewhere? Don't you dare besmirch the fine people of Sweden. As is is that where she's from? So am I. So you can take your anti-Swedish, your anti-Swedism and get the hell out of the studio if you're going to start that. Pretty soon you're going to say they should have their own country. They do have their own country. <laughs> Here, here's the thing about the podcast that I will say as we, as we go all over the place, and that's what the No Holds Barred is all about, um, is the, the hard part of, about doing sports talk is if we talk about a specific game, it could be three or four days later before you hear this because we only do one a week. Right. And I, we try to, I want to keep it generic, but it's almost impossible. But if we talk about movies and things like that, that's much more generic and it can be said at any time. You're right. And, you know, you made a great point. If there was no listeners to this, I would still do it. Of course. To be honest, I listen to the show three or four times a week, and I'm fully entertained. It's one of my favorite things to do when I walk my dogs in the afternoon and is pull it up on Spotify, and you I'll can get you it on other sites as well. You know, th- there's some technical snafus, and it's a constant work in progress. Hey, man, I was just bringing newspaper and a soda to the station kind of guy for almost 15 years. I didn't know anything about being a musician. Sure, I can hook up a microphone, but... I didn't know anything about running the radio side, the technical side. So it's all hit and miss. It's all, speaking of which, I got a new server, which means we are going to be live here once I figure out how to goddamn do it. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about a tennis. No, I'm, I'm working on I, I do now have a new brew line, though. It's a, it's a cat gut. It's a Jimmy Connors wooden one, but the wood one's coming back, I understand. I would love, I would love to see professional tennis players nowadays do a, at least one 
event. A throwback? A throwback and use a wood just to see. Because I don't know if even the players now, because they're relatively young, they start out, you know, some of them are 17, 18, 19 years old, and maybe they kind of peter, except for, of course, Serena Williams, who continues to go on, even though she might lose a few here and there. She's still a great player. But I would, a lot of these players never grew up with even using a wooden bat. They used, you know, like my sons played baseball. They didn't use wooden bats. They can join a wooden bat league, but basically grew up from Little League using aluminum bats. And I would love to see a real professional tennis player to see the differences watching them if they can hit the ball as hard as they do. Of course, they can't with an aluminum racket. It's impossible. But I'd like to see their game, the difference that they would have to adapt to playing wood, wood, wooden racket. You know it'd be a different game because, I mean, to say that they could hit the ball that hard with a wooden racket, there's no way. No, the serves now, a man can serve in the 130s. It's just disgusting. And how about this one? Why does college baseball have to use an aluminum bat? A beats me. Well, how come high school baseball and Little League? Little League, it should be shut off at the Little League level. Once you get high school, they're saying cost-effective. Come on. How many bats are you going to go through? It's a minor... Minor League Baseball uses aluminum bat. Uh, well, that's a professional no, league. But right. Uh, they college, use wooden bats. College baseball has enough in the coifers. If they don't have a budget to cover a couple dozen bats a game, then shut it down anyways. There is, uh, like anything else, you have to adapt. And from it's kind of unfair. But when these guys are then from college are drafted, most likely they're going to the minor league clubs. And now automatically they're using wooden bats. It's a different feel. And of course, I, I've used aluminum bats in softball. Not the same, but I've also used aluminum bats at a batting range. And the sound of a wooden bat is so pure and feels so good. so much different than the ping of an aluminum bat. I love the wooden bat aspect and I'd love to bring it back Right throughout. How about this? If they're going to let, and this goes down to Little League, which I'm a big fan of that Little League World Series. Once you go towards the end, because you can set your watch to the fact American team is cruising to the championship. They're up three to one, bottom of the fifth or whatever, how many innings. And here comes uh, Cambodia, a three run homer, wins it for eight, yep, Southeast Asia, and here comes the waterworks every year. You can set your watch to the Americans crumbling. To a Far East team. Wait a second. I thought the Americans won this year's Little League. They win every once in a while. That, but that's another one. Get rid of the... If you're going to have the aluminum bat in Little League, move the fence back. Check swings are like 350 feet. Well, that here's the thing. These kids, as we see it in Major League Baseball, yes, the balls are juiced now, however, they're rubberized or they're hardest, and the seams are tight right. differently. Balls are going further because the guys are bigger. Well, the kids now are much bigger as well. Absolutely. And you're using, you know, the field is short, so much shorter than a, a Major League field, that these kids are big enough where the pitcher's man is half the different distance, I think, from where somewhere in the 30-feet range. I mean, this ball is coming off the aluminum bat. It is scary. Yeah, I think you might be right. Either move, move everything back or go to the wooden bats, and these guys aren't threatened. They, sh- they should have uh, at least move the, the uh, home run fence back a little because little pipsqueaks, a little 50-pound kid is just taking oh, one and it off. zips over the center field fence. You should, a home run should still be something to be you know, cherished. Not a, those are just fly balls that are getting out of there. I guarantee the balls in Little League are Jews, too, because that stadium's been like that for 50, 60 years. That, I can't answer that. How about this, Jake? The influx, this year in particular, in Toronto, pretty much Toronto's got three or four of them, the, the sons of ma- former major leaguers. I mean, they're they just tearing it up. Biggio Jr. had a cycle. Biggio, yeah. Uh, the, the guy from... Guerrero. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., but yeah. more importantly, the kid, and I can't, his name is Bichette Jr. up there in Toronto. Dante Bichette's son, huh? I mean, this kid, he's, he set the most hits in a single uh, season, a single month for a rookie or something. The guy just will not slow down. And they kind of, it's funny because I guess it's me being an older guy. They look like big kids. They don't even look like men, but they're men and they're playing. And isn't it incredible, the bloodline in Major League Baseball or in football, when you hear a guy's name, oh, a Staubach. Well, obviously can't be. Oh, it's, it's Roger's grandson or something like that. Yeah, but not every... Look, uh, you got Carl Yastrzemski's... How touching uh, was that? That was great. Whoa, what a yeah, moment, that man. That was great. I mean, I love the fact that they're calling him Tal... And yeah, it's true. He's a le- the, the greatest living Red Sox. Absolutely. But when his grandson hit that home run, there wasn't an ass on the seats in that park. They were going nuts yeah. for it. No, it was... It's May. These things are supposed to happen. That was movie-like. You know, they're supposed to happen, and when they do, that moment is just, uh, it is Absolutely. Feeling. That was like out of a movie the other night. But you talk about, okay, bloodlines, but a lot of the bloodlines, kids who are good athletes, don't make it. Sure. Or they make it, and they're duds. Right. 
And then there's people who have no athletic ability who have kids become like great stars. I think Mike Trout's in a situation like that. Family, you know, weren't great athletes, and he becomes. I'm, and I'm, I, I'm not 100% on this, but when you look over a lot of these players, they didn't have family or fathers or grandsons or, or grandfathers or cousins in Major League Baseball, NFL, or basketball, and, and, but they are one in a million that do make it. Well, you see, in the words of Reggie White, here we go. You know, they, they take the black, the biggest black slave, and they breed him with the biggest black woman. I mean, is that true? You never heard his rant. He went on every race. Well, I, I just re- every. Well, see the Spanish people. They put forty-eight people in a house. I remember when he I, did. He do it in front of Congress. Yeah, so, yeah. I do. I, I don't remember the particulars, but I know he went after everybody. And a lot of nervous laughter because it, after the Packers had won a Super Bowl shortly before he died, and then he goes, "The Jewish people are good with money." I mean, up and down every stereotype. Stereotype. Yeah. Black people eat a lot. They eat a lot of chicken. I mean, get him off the stage. Reggie, just sit down, because you're just destroying what... It, and he was apparently a great man. I don't know, he was feeling a, a little well, didn't he pissed become, off or something that day. Didn't he become a preacher? Yeah, well, he was a preacher. Yeah, so, I mean, this is sometimes people preach shenanigans. I mean, the Crap, Asians, now it's, you give an Asian a watch, you turn it into a microwave. <laughs> I mean, get... <laughs> what's next? The, the Asians do great laundry. Get out of here with that crap. I mean, I mean, you're supposed to be against uh, racism, but that, that's another thing. Uh, you, you being of the Jewish faith, oh yeah, are you sick and tired of the, the 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 whole argument about racism and stuff? Quit talking about it. Maybe it'll go away. Why do they have to talk about it every day? And keep it on the forefront. Where, in, in what? Give me an example. Anti-Semitism, uh, people who are hatred towards blacks. Well, there's, yeah. Well, and it, it exists to say that it doesn't exist, you'd be stupid. Absolutely. But don't you think having it at the very tip of everyone's tongue only makes it worse? Well, I think, I think now political correctness has gone a little bit too far. Right. And, and, you know, uh, who was I talking? I forget who I was talking about recently because we Reverend saw. Al Sharpton. Well, yeah, I, I called up the Rev. Um, when you talk about what happened with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada in Justin Trudeau, who had the blackface on when in 2003. And, of course, he has to apologize and all this. And I understand being Jewish, you got to be a little bit sensitive at times. But if you're going to a Halloween party or if you're performing some sort of uh, uh, artsy event and you're playing the part of a Michael Jackson, shouldn't you? And I'm not talking about during the days Michael Jackson at the end of his tail end of his career where his face got lighter. But if you're doing it from the prime, if you're going to imitate Michael Jackson or go as Michael Jackson, I think you have to go as a black person because he was black. Am I right? Exactly. And so it, I sometimes I think, I think the black face or the brown face, whatever you call it, sometimes goes a little bit too far. Now, me being Jewish, if somebody is portraying a Hasidic Jew, I would assume he's going to have the curls on the sideburns uh, because that's how you know that he's a Hasidic Jew. Would I take it personally being Jewish? I'm not a Hasidic Jew. But no, if that's the role he's playing, the part he's playing in an intent entertainment value, then no, I wouldn't take it too seriously. So I think political correctness has gone a little bit too far, and it all depends on the context of what you're doing with it. That- so the blackface, I can understand in certain situations where it could be racist, and there are certain circumstances where I don't think it would be. Let's just say this. Halloween's coming up. Now, my wife and my friends know that if I'm going to a party— a Halloween party. You know what I dress as? Well, you have a, st- a go-to getup? Uh, yeah, a, a woman. I like dressing, and it's not that I'm transgender or anything like that. I just love the idea people get a kick out of it. Now, is a woman going to be <laughs> offen- take offense to the fact that I'm going as a woman? No. I wouldn't think so, but there might be a few, but do I stop doing it because of those few? Well, the, you know, the woman's brain isn't as developed as a man, so they probably don't understand the joke. You got to, again, you got to sometimes take it in the context and not take it too seriously. You know, and so they probably don't understand the joke. You got to, again, you got to sometimes take it in the context and not take it too seriously. You don't get to solve Thank this you. all. Neil Diamond? Mr. Neil freaking Diamond. Of course, I was kidding about women. Women are smarter than men any day oh, of the goddamn would, week. Women should run the country. They should. Because, let's face it. They pretty much do anyway. And CEOs of companies, which they are now, and yes, they should be paid you, as equals. You know what? There's a the greatest expression, and it's a little it's a little dicey, but I'll say it anyways. They got half the money and all the pussy. Neil Diamond put it best. I think he has that in a song. 
Um, my go-to, my, my, my go-to get-up go. is every year. Also on a religious. Well, yours uh, is no, 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 no. You're it's insulting them a little bit. Man, a lot of Tell me. I have a cheap black sport coat that I, if I need a new one, I go to Goodwill and I get one for a buck fifty. I have a black shirt. I use a white piece of electrical tape as a little collar. I have a book. It generally, it's not a Bible because I'll lose it as the night goes on. I have some beads. They're like buccaneer beads, but they look like rosary. I'm Father Oduagram. <laughs> Father Oduagram. And I have oh, the, the Irish accent, and I bless that for girls. And, of course, any good-looking girl, you go, Oh, look at you, Missy. Let me take you back and introduce you to St. Peter. I mean, and it just never gets old. And it's the eat. God, this is just so tantalizing. God damn it, he was a, what an entertainer. Hubba Nagila is a, again, a classic. If you've never been to a Jewish wedding or a Jewish bar mitzvah, you need to go just to experience Hava Nagila. Uh, Neil Diamond's written so many songs, I think he gets credit, partial credit for Hava Nagila. Takes it to a whole new level. Oh, Boy, love this. He, oh, by the way, you talk tours. about... No, he can't. He's got uh, Parkinson's disease, so he's stopped his touring. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is what happens when you get older, <laughs> and sometimes younger. I got to have a drink. I know. Phenomenal entertainer. And he was great. And what was the movie he was in? Uh, the Jazz Singer. Oh, God. Fabulous. Did you ever see the movie with Jack Black? It's Jack Black and a couple other young comics at the time. They were Neil Diamond impersonators. It's called Find, not Finding Guffman. It's... I don't know. I've only seen it. Is, I want to watch it. Yeah, I've only seen it. I love Jack through. Black. Jack Black's a very talented guy. Very isn't talented. He? The songs he writes and performs for his rock band. School of Rock was amazing. School of Rock's a great movie. It is a great movie. And that's taken off in real form. There's a couple right here in Sarasota. Uh, Why not? Kids, you know, I was so pissed off with that whole Guitar Hero thing because kids are spending $150 for this plastic piece of shit. Buy a real guitar. That, that'll last you the rest of your life. So when you're sitting around the campfire, sitting around trying to impress your friends, or just having fun with yourself, learn an instrument. Because I got a newsflash. I tried to play it, Jake. It was harder to play that video game than to play a real guitar. Can you play, what's the uh, little guitar, a uh, ukulele or something? I've never tried it because the, the chord voicings are all different, but I'm sure I could. I'd like to, you ever heard, you ever seen the big, large Hawaiian guy who sings over the rainbow with a, with a uh, ukulele? No. It's spectacular. It's, how about one of those, when you go into the, uh, if you have ever been to a, like, a Lincoln Center in New York, and yes. you, you go see a uh, Philharmonic, uh, and uh, those big, huge harps. The cello. Where, where you got, you, oh, you the have. the big to, harp. The big harps. Like Harpo you, had. It's, and you have to move along to get oh, from oh, one oh. side to the other. And the strings are, you're sitting down, but the string, you know, it's like 10 feet tall. How, how do you f- tune it? Where do you buy strings? How do you adjust? How do you take lessons? Are you taking that you know, on the bus? I have no idea, but one of my friends back in New York, a girl, uh, who is still a good friend of mine, her mother, a uh, form of dementia, but she You're was full on of the, good news today. Everybody's she, sick and dying with she you. She was Phil, uh, on the film. She was a film player. Show? I loved him. Under what's his name, the great uh, uh, orchestra leader, uh, Yitzhak Perlman. No. Uh, who is great, but no, he did the Philharmonic. Austin Pops. Another Jewish guy. John uh, Williams? No, stop it. Anyway, she played the harp, and she found a video, a VHS, of her mother like 40 years ago, and it was a solo with her playing the harp, and I'm watching this little woman just sliding back and forth, and the fingers going up and down this 8 or 10-foot high not, harp. It's you're, not play, you're not playing one string at a time. You're playing no, like, it's not first, there's like 58 strings, and you're going, ping, yes. ping, ping, yes. ping, ping, ping. God, that's, that takes it to another level. You know what other freak show is? Is the crowd piling into Wrigley Field. Hold up. I don't get back to my instrument, my wacky instrument. Even Sarasota, if you notice the nights, even the nights are cooler. Last night was damn near comfortable. This morning was, and this afternoon coming here, the it humidity. was so... It, no, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's bre- down. We got a breeze now. I was t- even my dogs had that extra step. I was up at 6.30 this morning doing handstands, then I fell back into bed. Um... <laughs> As crazy as the harp is, maybe the harp might be the wildest and weirdest instrument ever. How about that accordion? Let's take a, a, a an overnight bag, squeeze in a half-assed, uh, uh, like a compression, like one of those folder it looks like files. A va- it looks like an old vacuum bag. An old vacuum bag and stick two pianos on the other end of it. Yeah, have the little... What's going on there, Jake? I have no idea. Is it buttons or is it actually... Oh, yeah, you're right. One thing. side has buttons. Yeah. The other side has keys. I don't know what it is. And you squeeze it. The I bottom don't know. half to How the top do half. It? But I love the sound of it. Who doesn't love it? Even a harmonica. Have you played? You know, guys, it's like Bob Dylan who can play a guitar, uh, 
drum with his foot and play a harmonica with his mouth all at the same time. He's incredible. You How know, do you do that? Well, they have the little holder that holds it up there. But John just, Lennon did that as well. He played the piano and played the harmonica. A quick topic, jumping off sports, but we, get, we will get to sports. It's a huge, we never even started with sports. Well, well, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter. It's no holds barred. It is no holds barred. Gopher Greg brought up a great point to me the other night. Give me your top, we'll just say five, top five songwriters ever. And not, not, not classical music, just modern music, top five songwriters. Some of his were way out there. I have to think? Just give me a... Uh, well, the, two oh, with John Lennon and uh, Paul McCartney, There's one and two. One and two. If, uh, they're on the top five. I got to go Bob Dylan, because he was the first one to write songs that had meaning. Well, yeah, he was more of a... Uh, Beatnik. Be, even a poet. I, I'm not even... Yeah. You know, well, he, then I, he was the first might, one to do that. He didn't have be, a great voice. He did not. I didn't really care for his songs all that much. But he was the first one to write songs. Man, tell me, I'm yeah, fine. Her, and then somebody fine instead of something, going downtown, going to stick it in my girlfriend, dig it, dig it, dig There was no meaning behind that. There were some uh, iconic songs like Hurricane Carter song. You have to listen to that, and you can listen over. The story is so prominent about Hurricane Carter. I'm not going to get into the whole story about a boxer who got uh, basically was... uh, put in jail for killing somebody they oh, yeah, didn't yeah. kill. Great movie. Too. And it's a great story and it's told incredibly and the music is so good. That's to me Bob Dylan's most classic song for me. So you got one, two, three. Dylan, uh, Lennon McCartney. Yeah, I don't know. If, I, 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 I'll give you two to, and you're going to You just, have to give me, th- you have to let me really think about it but people like uh, Neil how about, Diamond. How about Neil who, Diamond's written over 300 songs? But it's not just about Neil Diamond becoming his own artist but he, he wrote people, for so many other people. Hundreds of hits. Carol King was a great and they, had, they have it on Broadway it's coming up to the Van Ways on December. Go see it. Let Beautiful. Me th- let me throw a New Yorker out there from Oyster Bay. Mr. William Joel had some songs. I mean, Billy Joel's songs are just... Billy you, Joel. Uh, if they don't take you back you're from New York You when you hear... Uh, Bottle of red. I mean, you start getting crying. You start crying. Now, Elton again, John wasn't bad. Well, Elton John, had, well, yeah, Bernie Taupin wrote the uh, the the so gotta, lyrics, and, and Elton John made into music. So that's different, right? But they were together as a team. The chemistry was just un, undeniable. Tom Petty wrote a slew of hits. It's no, there's uh, there's too many for too me many to say the five. top five. But definitely Lennon, McCartney, and Bob Dylan. They're the, on the Mount Rushmore of songwriters. For us. You know who Greg had? <clears throat> There's Motown people who wrote for... Absolutely. Look, most of these, like The Temptations all that, they didn't write their own songs. People wrote it for them. They went out and performed it. Right. What do you think? I mean, how about... Uh, yes. go Chuck Berry, but he was kind of a gimmicky guy. Although he was father of rock and roll. Elvis didn't write a fucking word he sang. He didn't write anything. Elvis, I'm going to write this song from this young man over here. You're going to sing it. I don't want to sing it. What's this about? Oh, jelly bean, jelly bean. You're my, he didn't write anything he ever wrote, but he, I love Elvis. Don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, you know who Greg had on his top five? <laughs> Let me hear. Alicia Keys. You know what? Um, Sarah McLaughlin. I said Alicia Keys could walk through the door and I wouldn't recognize her. I might recognize maybe one song. I mean, oh, she's a beautiful woman. She's br- incredibly talented. I saw her because Emma wanted to see it. So we went to Tampa uh, to Amelie Arena. And I don't remember how many years ago, whether it was eight years ago, ten years ago. I, I, I honestly, I don't remember. But it was, she's phenomenal. Yeah. And again, I, if you put on a song now, I wouldn't know it. But when you see her, because she not only dances, yeah. she plays the piano. She writes all her own music. She's, Incredible. And with an amazing voice. Yes. I, I, again, even though not knowing her songs, I would agree with Greg. She has to be considered one of the great artists of our, of our lives. Right. And, I, and artist and songwriter, to me, are two totally different things. But she did it all. But Johnny Cash was pretty prophetic. Johnny Cash. You ever heard the song Hurt? He didn't write it. Trent Reznor wrote it. But, man, if you don't start crying at the end, you might want to get yourself checked. You may be dead. It's no holds barred. It's a, uh, just to give you, let you know, it is a Friday afternoon. We're coming from Sarasota, Florida. The lovely Sarasota. We're getting ready for, for a nice, hopefully, break in the weather and a beautiful stretch, man. I'll tell you what, Jake. The, the, over the, even though the summers, even the summers are ha, hotter. The summers are hotter, but the winters are so beautiful. They you are. You get a stretch now from like late November till almost April. I would say that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Drop yeah. dead chamber of commerce weather. But you'll also get the occasional day where the nights, or I should say a day when I mean 24 hours, where the, the day is maybe high 80s but comfortable, and then at nights, or high 70s, and sure. then at nights, it might drive it down to the high 40s or low 50s. You put on the sweatpants, a sweatshirt. It's, oh, it's then, unbelievable. Well, you and I, being from the 
the north, as everybody, 90% of Florida is. I, I love the occasional 60-degree day. We got to love it. Oh, it's, love it. You got to have a little change in the scenery, man, because if it's 92 and complete 100% humidity all year long, it's too much for me. I can't deal with it. Friday, September 20th is the podcast. It's 2 o'clock, no holds barred. So if you're listening on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, it's one show a week. And you can hear it as many times as you want by what what site? Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud. You go to Anchor.com. That Anchor distributes the site, but it's on Spotify. It's on Google Play, iTunes. It's basically anywhere you can get a podcast. If you have an iPhone, go to the podcast or it's there. So it's not not that hard to find. But if you need a, a complete list, you can go to OzzyTheSportsJunkie.com. And everything and anything that comes out of the studio is on there. Jake, there's no shortage of very, very interesting storylines as we go into this weekend's football matchup. And By the way, great, great Saturday afternoon of college football into oh. the evening. Just phenomenal. I mean, we might have to get together. I might and, just, I might just stop over at at one stately Jacobson Manor just for just to just to relax, kibitz. You got nosh. I would love it. I'd love it. The wife is up in New York for the weekend. I got the house with me and the dogs, and that's because it. you, you, you as well as I really, really, ugh, we really don't have a college team per se unless we have a financial. Correct. And, it, yes. and that to me makes it even more interesting. Correct, no doubt. And I do, but I do hate some teams, and I want them to lose. Oh, and I will I because I bet a little amount, five dollars a game. And again, I might have six, seven games running during the day on a Saturday and Sunday. So, but it's still five dollars a game. I will take a certain team just because they're playing the team, even if the team is better, and I don't like them. I will take the the other team just to. Root, continue the root against a team that I, I don't like. Well, the big game here locally will be our Buccaneers, who get the win in Carolina. They come in 1-1 one and one now, a 4 o'clock showdown against an 0-2, downtrodden, but not dead, never dead. They got Shaquan Barkley. They've got, uh, was it Engram, the tight end? They got some pieces on Mark offense. Mark Engram, phenomenal player, and they got a rookie quarterback, Daniel Jones, How great drafted would it be? by Duke. And the, Duke. the, the, the uh, New York faithful, as always, booed the shit out of them. I mean, they, they could draft with the first selection, the New York Giants select Jesus Christ from uh, Jerusalem saying, Boo! What the hell's going on? I trust the, the New York Giants from where I'm sitting. They've had a pretty successful run for the last, oh, 75 years. I think they know what they're doing. So he'll take over the reins on... Sunday at 4 o'clock. The Buck, here's the stat you want to stay, steer clear and don't get too excited if you're a Bucks fan. Although I think the Bucks should win this game going away. Well, well, they should, but don't get too cocky. Don't get cocky. From last week because they, you, look, Carolina is 0-2, so they did lose their first game. They also have a quarterback who quit halfway through the game. He and is it, a piece. Of, he's a, if I'm a Carolina fan, I was disgusted by him. That's the problem with Cam because we know his talent is immense. The, the man is immense as a man. But I mean, when lose. I say immense, 6'5", 260 yeah. pounds. He can throw, he can run, and all that. But he does some he's got dumb the heart things. About that big, and he does. He shrinks sometimes. Now I'm not saying he's not a pressure player, but when things are going bad and he's not happy, he takes it he on the field. Just, he just checks out, and that's not good. That game, uh, the first half was ugly. It was ugly weather, ugly throws, but from Jameis and uh, Cam Newton. But the Bucks defense kept him in that ball game. That defense, man, I can't say enough about Todd Bowles what he's done. Vita Vey is looking every bit of a first round pick that he was. Brought in here to do, or to be, I should say, uh, Dominican Sue. He's could do nothing but help a guy like that and wait till they get JPP back. I hear he's ahead of schedule. Just for fun, he blew his other hand off at a fireworks thing just to get back and have two clubs. Well, look, the chemistry is undeniable. Arians and, and Bowles work together so well in, 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 in Arizona. Uh, Arians retires, goes to commentate. Poles gets hired as a Jets. And some guys, can, again, they can be great co- coordinators. A great pitching coach doesn't mean he's going to be a great manager. A great defense coordinator or offense coordinator who is highly recruited as a coach may not be a great head coach. It's hard to you know to be able to handle an entire team. But when you're focused like a Bowles, who was overmatched as a head coach in New York, and the defense, even though he was a great defensive mind for Arizona and is now putting it into effect with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he couldn't quite do it as a head man, as a head coach, with other defensive coordinators as a New York Jet. So he's in a good position now. He's comfortable with Arians. He's allowed, and Arians is comfortable with him. Let's just do his job, and Arians concentrates on the offensive side. It's a match that is good, and again, too early to tell. Even by the end of the year, it might be too soon sure. to see if this is a, 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 you know, going to work, and especially with do they have enough talent. But for one week, and one week only, the Buccaneers look like a very solid football team. I'll tell you, 
I was going to say that's the biggest home game in years. Oh, don't forget, Jake. They were 2-0 and last year with a game three against the Pittsburgh Steelers on a Monday night football game where, well, Fitzpatrick threw three picks and came back crashing down to earth. But for that being, that being said, it was 38-31. I think they only lost by a touchdown. He had a good second half. And Deshaun Jackson returned a punt for a touchdown that would have won them the game if not a holding penalty. If that was the end of the Buccaneers from last season. So they were the talk of the league last year after two years. So it's not. But this, to me, Jake, is a different, this is a different game. I said it on JoeBucksFan.com. If you check it out, go to JoeBucksFan.com. Look for the Aussie podcast. Start to get a little traction. This is a game that, that this could be a, a corner turner. This could be a turning point in, this, in the franchise, just like Dungey turned the... It's got to be about the, the, at the mindset of that team. If they get a little bit of an attitude in their head and it starts to seep in, why do you think the Patriots are good every year? Sure, they got Brady. Sure, they got Belichick. Their mindset is, Jake, we don't play like shit here. We win, and we do what we can to win every Sunday. Put, and you say that. And the and Buccaneers' mindset is we try to win, and yeah, usually doesn't happen. That is a great point because, and you say, well, we all know that about the Patriots. If you watch the Patriots Miami game last week, which was a complete debacle, even yeah. when Miami had chances to catch a ball when they were getting blown out, they popped it up in the air. Nobody near him. The guy runs up, intercepts, and runs for a touchdown. Horrible. But you know what? They never take the foot off the pedal. Tom Brady was in the game. It was 43 to nothing with four minutes left in the game, and they still had him quarterbacking. It's unbelievable you're not sitting him down at that time. They don't care. They want to crush you every single game. And when, say what you want, it was a dirty, was it crooked, was it inside dealing? A guy comes available. Oh, sure, Antonio Brown. The more I hear about him, the more I hate him. But he has been the best receiver in football He's last three, four player. years. Yeah. Immediately, there's the, the Patriots to suck him up. The Buccaneers never do anything. They always sit on their hands, and they don't want to get anybody. They don't want to stir up feathers. They want to sit back, and they're complaint, complacent with just who we have is good. Remember the year when Lovey could have brought in Devin Hester for nothing? He coached him in Chicago. He knew him. He said he was a great guy. He goes, we're happy with our kick return game. He signed with somebody else. I think it was Atlanta, returned three kicks that year against the said Buccaneers. Well, here, the deal with the Patriots and Belichick and Kraft and all that, they're willing to take chances. They're willing to take the repercussions. If it doesn't work out, they cut them. Exactly. And they move on. They don't let it affect the organization. Because if the guy they bring in, like an Antonio Brown, if they find at any point that he's pulling the team apart, he will be let go immediately. They will eat it. They will They will bite the bullet and take a hit. They're, they're coming out by the day on this guy. And... The timing of that kind of smells. I mean, they just wait till he starts playing for a new team. All of a sudden, they're going to file lawsuits now. That's not the lawsuits I'm talking about. There's a story online. I'll put it on the, the Aussie the Sports Junkie website. Jake, this guy has a long storied bad history of just treating people horrible. There are some bad guys out there. I mean, really just bad guys. The stories are unbelievable. He, he went to a charity auction in Pittsburgh, and there was a woman who painted, had some paintings on display. It was up for like $1,000. He goes, I'll, I'll pay you 5000 but I want you to do a mural of me on the wall of my 800,000-square-foot house out in uh, Scranton or wherever. Okay. So, you that know, sounds mi- like a Mr. Big Shot. Okay. Of course, what starving artist wouldn't turn that down? He sends a car for her, a van, whatever, to bring all her stuff out to his mansion and paint a mural. Not too much of a narcissist, but he wants a big mural, mural of himself on his wall. But it's do what you want. So two days into this, he agreed to pay her $1,000 a day. She said it might take a week, a week and a half. Okay, pretty good deal, actually. She's a great artist, and it comes out nice. Two, second day in, Jake, she's down about 7.30 in the morning working on it. She's down on the floor doing, like, the, the, you know, the footwork, so to speak. Turns around, there's Brown, butt-ass naked, scratching his balls, going, what's up? <laughs> I mean... It's not funny, but it's funny. I mean, what kind of an animal is this? It's, what kind of an idiot is this? You were a narcissist. She's a complete narcissist, thinks that every girl in the world just wants to drop, slop, and suck them. And if you don't, then he probably just gets rid of you, which he did. He said, well, he, he lost interest after she spur, spurned his advances. He, after three days, goes, I got to get out of here. You got to leave. Well, I'm not done yet. Yeah, I really don't care. So she came back, finished it. She sent the a payment for over like $15,000, including the painting that he got for the charity auction for children. He goes, I'm not paying you anything. I gave you some publicity on Twitter, and I got 3 million followers. F you, bitch. And these stories just go on and on. He'd hire these five-star caters to come to his house for these huge parties and then just come up with an excuse not to pay you. I told you I didn't want the sausages before the chicken livers. I'm not paying you. You should be glad you're here anyways. He's not a good guy. Well, that sounds like somebody I know. uh, He's not a good guy. Different world. So he gets a one-year shot. Brady seemed to be okay with him. How ironic, too. 
that, well, we might not play him. He might not play. He'll see limited action. Oh, yeah, they targeted him three, six, eight times until they went right into the end zone, the first drive. And let me tell you something, all right, because this is kind of, you bring up Tom Brady, um, and this really got to me if you were watching the Jacksonville game the other night, which I think we all as fans were thinking the same thing uh, about all the flags being thrown, some of them legitimate, but you're just thinking, all right, I, I can't take this anymore. The stoppages, every play, the it's yellow, bad. the flag, and you got to wait, and now the, what's the call? And uh, it just, and then you see the highlights, and you're not sure, and of course the quarterback getting hit and these dumb personal fouls you're thinking the guy got bumped he's not a baby he's a quarterback in the nfl you can't call flags every single time he's touched so tommy tom brady tweets out to the crew and of course joe buck and aikman bring it up that brady's turning off the game because he can't take the penalties anymore it's nonsense and then i'm thinking here's the hypocrite brady because every single game every time he throws the ball downfield there's two things he's either arguing with the umpire that he should have been roughed up and a penalty should be or somebody was held downfield and should be so here's the same guy turning off a game because of too many penalties yeah. but will complain after every single play if it's not complete that it was somebody else's fault you're right you are absolutely right. So it's kettle calling the pot black on exactly. that. It's just unbelievable that of all people, this great, arguably the greatest quarterback of our generation and maybe the lifetime of the NFL, sit there and can tweet out something about a game having too many penalties when the guy just complains notoriously on every single play that doesn't go his way. And I don't think there's any doubt, Jake. He does get the calls. Every he, single one. Have you ever one. seen that, like in NFL films? He's out there just grab-assing with every ref before every, every game. And during the game. And don't tell me those guys, yeah. They get a little way. Yeah, sorry, but I did the Patriot game. Talked to Tom. Of course, yeah, me and Tom are good. Me and Tom, are, we, go, we go way back. I mean, he is the greatest. There was an article on Yahoo Sports this morning. I was going to bring it in, but my printer doesn't want to work. If you find a printer that works in America, let me know, because they're all shit. They all doesn't, don't work at my all. My wife's works oh, in her office. Disaster. Well, I might have to go down there. But I might, look, I am not going to give up on college and NFL because I love the game so much. But Never. it is very difficult over the years and irritating because the rules have changed so dramatically to the point where, yeah, I get it. you got, you got to look at the safety of the players. But some of the holding fouls, and yes, they've gone now to the interference replays and stuff where you can throw a flag if you think, uh, you know, and I like that. I like but it to an extent, but I think it ruins the it, pace of the game. The pace, but the penalties are so real relentless it's in every single play you're looking at the yellow corner or wherever they place it on the broadcast for that flag to come up and whether or not it's a legitimate play and i can't do it anymore let the guys play there can be yes maybe you can stop the personal fouls and the head hunting and all that but the little grabbing the ticky tack fouls like that god damn it let it go and the irony of all ironies is they're trying to speed up and speed up the pace of the game and my god that playoffs last year they want to stop and reanalyze every single play at nauseum with a 48 different uh, camera angles. I just, it's got to have a limit to it. You know, baseball does the same thing. They want to speed up the game. But here we go with every single thing's got to be looked at. We got to stop. They're on the phone. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I say for critical, critical game decisions, the irony, I forgot the irony of the whole point. The irony is, the, the most blatant, obvious call last year that decided the Saints not going to the Super Bowl right in front of the guy, and he misses it. And it changed the rule. One play. You think about all the years that these sports around. One player played at the plate with Ray Fossey and, and, and Pete Rose in, in an All-Star game changed the rules on that. Then there was, this, then there was what's his name, from uh, San Francisco recently, the catcher, or what's his name, from Florida State. Posey. Posey gets injured on a leg, and then they had change where you can't block the plate until you have the ball already. So th one play, a person, a, a you know, horrible incident happens in a hockey rink where after all these years, somebody gets hit with a puck and dies. They put the netting up. One play, it's unbelievable how one play can change rules just like that. I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm insensitive. That that, that story about that girl dying to that hockey game just breaks Columbus, my heart. It was horrible. It breaks my Having a daughter myself and this uh, sweet little girl's birthday party and she died? She died at the game. I mean, that's, that's like the worst thing I've ever heard and in my I, life. You know what? But it, I but, do understand the netting up and I do understand now watching baseball because we live with, we didn't think twice here. Yeah, balls are going in. Be careful. Watch it. But nowadays, the balls are coming off so fast and so hard and so frequently. It, I, I don't mind bringing the nets out a little All bit. All the way down the line? I, I, don't, I don't mind it. I don't think it's got to be the left field corner. I think no, maybe I past agree. third base a little bit. A little bit, yes. We talk, we've had the discussion before. I can't sit behind the netting. It really bothers me. It gives me a headache. 
I think if you're, if you're right, and you know what? I've done it a few times. I've sat at Rays games. I sat at uh, Shea Stadium behind the net. It's irritating. You, at first it does, but then you get so focused in on the game, it kind of disappears. True. Speaking of which. To me. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, maybe I, my eyes are a little more sensitive wearing glasses or what have you. Rays, Rays at home is week end starting tonight. This, six, six games remaining, man. This is what baseball is all about. It's not six goal. games remaining at home, but not, what is six, it, 12, 13 games six left? Six home games remaining, I believe. And what are they, one game, a half a game in the lead? Something like that. They deserve to make the, they deserve to make the postseason. Well, well, they all do, Cleveland. But what the Rays have done. And the, I, the Rays have been consistent. They, they were in first place, Jake, till June. First place till June in the AL East. And they've been decimated. Every pitcher they've had decent this year has gone on the shelf. But it's good to see Snellzilla back. It's good to see Glasgow back. If those guys could dial it in, I'm not thinking they're going, I'm not going to be... As, as myopic to think that they have a deep, deep postseason run. But how about getting into the playoffs, winning that, that wild card game, and at least have a series? Give us a series. Cash, again, I think I brought it up last week. I don't remember because I can't remember this Imagine. from that. But I think Cash is the best, uh, should be the manager, maybe not the best manager in baseball overall, but this year has done the most phenomenal job and she manager of the year considering all these players you don't know about, all these players getting injured, your, your, top, your top, like a quarterback, your top two yeah. Pitchers go down. Your Cy Young Award winner from last year is out after a subpar start, and they still are in the thick of things Keep right going. now. Tampa Bay is 90 and 63. These are the teams fighting for the uh, wild card. Cleveland, 90 and 63, and Oakland, 92 and 61. So there you have it. Give me a Three great, teams. It's going to be a great finish and a, an even better postseason. Speaking of which, I noticed that uh, it, it harkens back to a year ago when you had to race out of here on a. What was it, a September 12th night to race home to watch right, your go. NHL preseason Ranger game, which is now underway? Have yes, you watched any? I saw the uh, opening uh, Ranger game against the Devils at Madison Square Garden. I think it was Wednesday night. There's no try. There is only do. You're listening to the Sports Junkie Radio Network. Who will be probably the youngest team in the NHL when the season starts. I just want to get an idea because it's going to take a month or so before I get comfortable with all these young players they brought up from the minor leagues, the draft picks from overseas, you know, the cap goes in one pick from the Rangers last year, number two overall. So I need to see these guys and get a feel of what hey, I might expect. Believe, believe you me, pal. Or is it believe me you? Believe, believe me you. Believe you me. And that's who. You will find no bigger hockey fan than I am. But I just don't. I think it starts a month too early. I like to get into hockey hardcore when the postseason in baseball is over. Because there's just too much, and I'm missing valuable hockey games that could be played when I had an open night. I Look, I do agree with that. I'd like to see it after the World Series start up the season. they got to have the preseason from the uh, middle of September through the middle of October. There you go. And then start. So they should start it maybe a week later. A week or two weeks. But I, I can manage it because, first of all, if the Mets aren't in it, yes, I will watch bits and pieces if the Rays are in it. And, you know, of course, I want to roof against the Yankees, so I'll watch bits and pieces. But I always told you, I can have two things going on. One on one game, whatever game I want, on the iPad, and the big screen has another game. So I can watch the Rangers on one screen, and if the Mets were in the playoffs, I can watch them on the big screen. Speaking of which, wait till the new Aussie Dome Sports Emporium recording Dome. studio. Not Lori Dome or L Square, it's the Aussie Dome. It's Laura Sean. We have Laura. You remember Desi Lou? Yes, from uh, Desi Arnaz and yeah. Lucille Ball. We're calling it Laura Sean. I like it. And it has the same. It's like this little Swifty little uh, intro there. There's a girl uh, texting in. I just sent you a picture of her. She's, she's following us on Twitter. I don't know who she is, but I'd like to know. Very nice. So how do we get? To, oh, so um, uh, I don't know. I saw the picture of this girl. I lost my mind. Okay. All right. So no, we're talking about hockey. How hockey is now up and running. And for to be honest, I think it gets lost in the mix. And I hate that because I love my puck, love the puck. But this weekend I got no time for it between football tomorrow and Sunday action. And well, I'll tell you one thing though, Jake. Quickly, Sunday night football or Thursday night football. I can't say. I hope they don't play. I don't even looked at the schedule. I like my football on Sunday. I was a mess on Sunday. I had nothing to watch. Of course, I watch all the games, but without my team, without a dog in the hunt, it's a very slow day. You're talking about a bye week? No. Well, they're practically, when your team plays Thursday, they're not playing again on Sunday. Oh, okay. Don't you're you right. Like, Last week you was... You feel like you right, came up right, empty. Right. You're, like, you're like little Mickey in, in uh, Little Rascals, and they go, I ain't got a paw, fellas. Well, it's the same thing if your team plays on a Monday night. Sunday is the prelude or a lead-up to the, uh, the game on well, Monday. Well, you have the coming attraction. You know, get a little you know, worked up. You get a little blood flowing. But Thursday night, you're just dead and buried. They, thank God the Bucks did get a win. And, well, 
slowly building. You know, Arians came into that locker room as we jump back on the Bucks quickly for a big Sunday matchup. It'd be interesting to see the crowd up there too. I was offered a couple. Well, you're going to get a lot of. The thing is, that you're going to get a lot of giant Absolutely. fans. Absolutely, that's fine. That's cool. Because you know the Buccaneers don't sell out every game. There They're... are seats available, and Buck fan and giant fans will spend some money. They'll Absolutely. come down. I got friends from New York. Fly down, go to the games. They love it. Had an offer to go to the game, upper deck. What do you think my answer was? Uh, you'd rather be in the confines of your house. Yeah, I can't sit in the upper deck for starters. And you lose the one o'clock games. It's too high. No, I don't mind. If you're upper deck and you're on the field, whether it's from the 20s to the 20s, you're fine because you could see how far the guy runs. You don't have to worry about looking up at the replay. I had 50-yard line seats at the Meadowlands because I had season tickets for 30 years. I had, uh, And they were upper deck, but they were right on the 50-yard line, and I, they were, I don't know, 15 rows from the top. I don't care Ooh. how high. It was such a great view because you saw everything. If I wanted to concentrate on the defense or watching a receiver run routes, Bingo. It's what about vertigo? What about vertigo? Doesn't bother me. Bothers me. All right. I would have to have 85 fucking beers to sit up there the whole game, and then I'm so drunk I don't remember what happened. But there are going to be giant games. There are going to be giant fans there. Oh, I don't Talking question. about the game, just breaking it down as we get into – we want to talk a few more things because of the college football I this want weekend. Giant, I want giant fans there, and I'm very interested to see Davy Jones' locker. Daniel Jones. I call him Davey. And let's stereotype Daniel Jones because he'll be known as a smart quarterback because he graduated from Duke. What's wrong with that? Should he be an idiot? No, but I'm just saying. I, he you know looked, that the, the, he, the Giants fan, crucif- the Giants fan, they crucified him. Well, because they wanted, uh, whatever it's Kylie uh, Murray that Arizona ended up I, getting. I, you know, he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to have a long stretch in the NFL. Have, he looks like a running back. I have no clue anymore because... You watch them in college. You think they're going to be great, and they're not. You watch them in college. You don't think they're going to be great. They get drafted, in and they are great. I have, I don't know. But, I, I, but Daniel Jones was very good for Duke. He is a very bright guy. He was a very talented high school was, uh, a quarterback and basketball player. The guy has the ability, whether or not he can take it on the field, that's a whole other story. It is a process when it comes to the NFL. They see defenses, nothing like what they saw in college, nothing like they saw in preseason. So I think the Giants, as much as people are giving some of the Giants some heat in their hierarchy for getting Eli out of there, you got to admit, Eli, look, they're not going to win with Eli, so you might as well get the young kid in there, and that's the way the NFL is now. You're not sitting behind two or three years before you set foot. The NFL is now, if you're drafted in the first round, you it's you're playing. And Daniel Jones deserves to right now with the Giants at his 0-2 and going nowhere. But here's the big thing. Can they, their offensive line is better than it was last year so far. They got maybe arguably the best running back in football. That's what's going to say. You know, and the thing about Barkley is, in a way, he reminds me of Barry Sanders. He might not be as quick stutter step, and he, but he's bigger and stronger than Barry Sanders. He's gonna Barkley will get hit for negative losses and no gains, but then on one play he can break one fifty or sixty yards. If you're putting some money on the game, which I never do with my Buccaneers, here's a number you want to steer clear of, or maybe just steer clear of the whole thing. Buccaneers favored by six and a half. I'm not sure right where they're getting that from. The Buccaneers at five, uh, five plus favorites. Are one in twelve. That's a stat. If you're a betting person, you one in twelve it. in their last thirteen when they're favored by five or more. So that you, you want to steer clear of. And, to, and the and fact not is, not to mention, let's go down the laundry list of first-time quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks who have just gone ballistic against the Tampa Bay team, and they made a career out of it. Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, Big Dick Nick Foles—they were all guys no one ever heard of who got a, a chance start against the Buccaneers. Kirk Cousins parlayed a one game. They were down 28 nothing. They put him in the second half. That was the How Do You Like Me Now game. He made a career. He made $100 million on a, a bet. He did have a good season after that. But they all get their start against the Bucks. So I, I don't take anything for granted when it comes to young quarterbacks in Tampa Bay uh, against, the, against the Buccaneers. And I would assume, again, I'm not a defensive coordinator, uh, but if I was, my idea, and I get, think the game plan is, you let the rookie because you don't know what he can do. Maybe down the road, you're not going to let a rookie, you know, he's not going to be a rookie. Maybe you let, you're afraid of Daniel Jones, but he has nothing in there in the repertoire, uh, a playbook of how he's done in a regular season game because he's never played it. So your job as a defensive coordinator now is set your sights on start stopping Chicago, whatever his name is, Barkley. What's Shaquan. His? Shaquan Barkley, <laughs> the great player from Penn State. He's unbelievable. You know, NFL uh, 
last year just rookie of the year. I remember there were some questions about him coming out of Penn State. He's not, not from me. Uh, was, I watched him religiously for years. And the guy can do, and he's a better receiver ever than Barry Sanders was. That's your a great philosophy, thing about I know you're, I haven't checked it in a while. I know your Yankee hatred. But you yes. watch them just to lose. Do you watch the Giants just to lose? Yes. God, that's a lot of negative energy I think you need to get out of your I system. can't help it. When you grow up in New York and your best friends, you're fighting every so day because you, you take pleasure teams. in other people's misery. Absolutely. That's almost serial killer. As they like, do for you me. Need to get, you need to get into, but, well, I'm sure but, because, we won't talk about your team as that they broke the Simeon. They've lost, not no, only they've lost, they stop. got mono, they got no semen. What's going on up there? Mosley's out there, star recruit from who Baltimore. They, who'd they bring in? Who'd they bring in? Uh, I think Boomer Sison Jr. might be it's grabbing not, a helmet. It doesn't matter. Just uh, I'll deal with it on Sunday. I don't want to talk wow. about it now. You, well, you sent me a very cryptic text on Sunday morning. What did I say? Oz, I'm done with football. <laughs> I'll talk to you I later did. in the week. I did. I go, man, I looked over to Ellis Square. I go, I did. Jake, Jake's in a weird I, place. I was man. upset, pissed off. Jake's in a weird place. Expectations high, and then you get injuries and mono, and, and you know you're, 0, you're going 0-6, and, and you're looking for the future to next year already. But anyway, in regards to being defensive corner, uh, cor- uh, coordinator, setting up what I would be for Buccaneers against Giants, again, your idea is to stop Barkley. If you do that, let Daniel Jones beat you. That's what you got to try to do, because he's a rookie, and you can't expect a rookie to beat you. What time are your Jets on on Sunday? One? It's a 1 o'clock game against New England in New England. Oh, that's right. And then when I go right to the Giants and the Buccaneers at 425. Um, look at Wrigley Field. A beautiful day for a ball game up there. Um, if you're watching on a Thursday afternoon, Thursday, it's 2 o'clock. Cubs, Cardinals. Does it get any more Americana than 2:30, that? 2.30, actually. Man. I miss, I miss Chicago. I miss Wrigley Field. But we got our own team here. Get out to the Trop. Get out there and spend a few bucks and support this team that's played their ass off all year. It's going to be pathetic because they got... I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they've got a six-game homer, their first scheduled six, uh, last scheduled six home games of the season. You, I just hope to God they get into a one-game playoff and get win it because you hate to see it all go down for nothing because they have scratched, clawed, and fought their way to a decent season. And you're right. Kevin Cash will get a lot of votes for manager of the year. You know what else he'll get when he does leave here? He's going to get another job. He was on his way out the door last year. I should say the year before last. That was last year. It was last year when they gave everybody away. Well, the, they started to come the back season, to roost. Well, before the season started. Before the thought. season started. Right. I, I had him gone. I had him gone by the, uh, not the trade deadline. I had him gone by June. Because they had, he had nothing, and I was just through the roof with the, the Sternberg just giving guys away. And I was told, wait, wait, wait. And by God, they were right, because all these guys came back to roost. And now look at them. I mean, does it make the manager better that he has all these young players? Well, absolutely. You get some wins, but... Maybe he was a good manager all along. Regardless, when he leaves Tampa Bay, or maybe when Tampa Bay leaves Tampa Bay to go play somewhere else. Those are legitimate questions. Oh, I don't even want to cross that bridge. I know. Because I'll jump off that bridge. This guy's going to get another deal somewhere. He'll get a contract, and he'll get a, he'll get a job maybe in a, a lot bigger market. I don't, I'm, not ready to, I'm not ready to get rid of Kevin Cash by any stretch because there's no reason Why would to. you get – what are you even talking about? This I'm talking about his future. His future – is bright. He's a bright. He's got a bright future because of the t- last two years he's had. Because he's won, but not with a bunch of scrub players. Jake, these are all top prospects. I said last year of the seventy-five top prospects in the MLB, the Rays had seventeen on their roster. That's incredible. Kind of like the Miami Dolphins are doing as we hop back to football quickly. They they, they grilled that coach and GM. They go, "What the fuck is going on down here? You they've given up a hundred points in two weeks." They gave away Fitzpatrick now to the Steelers. He's I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear that. So Fitzpatrick. Rosen, so Rosen's or, now going to be quarterback and that poor guy? No, not the quarterback. The Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, the no, 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 no. You're they're, right. They're You're best, right. Their best right. corner cover. You're right. And he's gone. So anybody who was worth any, he's now gone. But they're stockpiling, they, they're, they're stockpiling like five first-round picks, yeah. all in the purpose of getting the big kid from Clemson with the big arm, the big throwing uh, Thor, 6 7 Quarterback. Oh, and whatever his name what if he's is, not available? Anderson. You're putting it all in his basket? Well, I, I, I get all that, but there's no guarantee that those draft picks, well, they're going to have the first pick. Yeah, they're going to have probably the worst record in football. So there's there is. No, there's no question. But everybody else is a. You're, you're giving away already quality guys and guys that could be quality players for the next four, now. five, seven years. And they're not a cheap team. They got a lot of money in Miami. So you're putting all it into the draft, which is nice if the draft picks work out, but it's down the road. What, and if, what if big uh, Clemson boy breaks his leg this Saturday? He's done. I'm sure there are going to be quarterbacks available. How about just keeping the good players you have 
subsidize them with a little bit of picks and free agents next year, and maybe you sell more tickets and you're competitive. If I'm a Dolphin fan, they're telling me wait till 2022. I said screw you. And by the way, it's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Clemson. Lawrence, the big. I watched him play last last weekend. Sometimes he looks like a boy among man, a man among boys. He's still a young guy. He's only 18, 19 years old. Oh, no, no. He's got a look. He's big. He's strong. He's smart. A or guy. at least relatively smart. You think college quarterback. You don't know how he's going to, again, adapt when he makes it to the NFL. It's all a crapshoot. I don't like the fact he's going to have to put three full years in college football, and that's a t- kind of taxing. I like Jalen Hurts, though. Jalen Hurts is a guy who's ready. You talk about polish. He did look like a man among boys last weekend as Oklahoma tore the shit out of somebody, well, man. He's got the experience being a national championship for the 2017 Crimson Tide. Of course, Tua takes over, and he is now the quarterback. And Hurst, Now, the great thing about what college had done, where you used to, when you transfer, you have to sit out a year. Now you can, like Minchie, whatever his name is, for Jackson, the, the, the quarterback there. He popped all around the... He was on four different teams. Exactly. You know, before he got to, uh, what was it, uh, who was uh, uh, Washington State, where, again, and then drafted by Jacksonville, and because of the Falls injury, he now gets a shot and has done very well. But, but yeah, the, you, Hurst is now the quarterback for Oklahoma, could win another national championship, which would be for two different college teams, which has never been done. No, no, he's never done that. But Oklahoma's going to have a tough time because we know one thing about Oklahoma, and that conference is they don't play defense. So when you get to a national championship or in the, in the last four games of the playoff situation, you're usually playing teams with a lot better defenses than the conference you're playing in. Boy, they've got to be just going berserk in Tommy Tuberville land up there in a... I'm sorry, a Tommy Tuberville. I got my coaches screwed up. Dabo Sweeney. Only in the SEC or ACC do you get names like Dabo, Houston. Better O'Rourke. I mean, they got some freaking Jim Bobs. In the, but there's no shortage of quality football players. When's a Pac-10 going to... The, the, uh, the Big 12 is pretty much... Like you say, there's no defense there. I, I, and I, honestly... Pac-12, I used to be a big fan. Well, teams also, except I think Pac-12 pretty much has stayed the same out of the West, you know, down in California and the Pacific sure. Northwest and all that. There's so many teams have jumped around. I don't remember which team is in which conference it's, anymore. It's, it's, it's confusing. They're all over the, Texas A&M's in the SEC. Right. Uh, Nebraska's in the Big Ten now. How, does, how is that possible? I don't know, never man. Take, never, certain teams should never, ever leave the conference. Oklahoma and Nebraska should be playing every year. I don't care where they're at in, 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 in their programs. That's a rivalry that should... I know. They're continually dicking with it. I don't, I don't like, don't like it. it. I don't like when they added Rutgers. Remember Rutgers with, with Shiano was supposed to be on the way up. They're gonna, they wanted that Big Ten presence in New York City. Didn't happen. But they're still in the Big Ten. All right. Before we go, because we're, I, believe it or not, we're doing the show podcast for one hour now or just about. Just before we it. get, I want to go quickly through the college football matchups as we give our predictions on the Giants-Buccaneers game this weekend. But in regards to the Rays, you want to find, hear their final games this year. They open up a uh, 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 one, two, three, uh, three-game series at home against uh, two-game series all at home against the Red Sox. They have a day off. Then they have a one game. I guess it's a makeup against the Yankees. Nice. Then they got a four. Then they go to Toronto for four games. The Yankee game games. is that a day game next week? Two games uh, is a seven ten game on Tuesday. I might go to that. I want to get my ass to the trop at least one more time in the regular season. Head offer. Like, oh, we already went over that. Head offers to go to the. The Bucks game. You know what game I will be attending? My daughter, the little junkie, who's no longer little. Christ, if I wait long enough, I wait another six months, she can, we can go drinking before the game um, and during and after. She's a big Arizona Cardinal fan, right? And I promised and promised for years to get her to a Cardinal game. Well, does November 11th, it's happening, brother, because I will be live, broadcasting live from the Buccaneer parking lot for Joe, for not for Joe Bucks fan, for the Aussie Sports Junkie Radio Network. I'm just representing Joe Bucks fan, hopefully. Make, not make a, uh, an ass of myself. Never. So it won't be, it cannot be on property, but it'll be right next to property. <laughs> it'll be right across the street. I've got a location scoped out. It's going to be a fun time. I, I, this is the best thing about you is I love when you promote things that aren't 100% sure. Well, this thing, the, the specifics aren't sure, but you bet your sweet ass, I'm going to the game and I will be live. Well, that's fine. If I got to walk around with a Mr. Microphone, hey, good looking, we'll be back to pick you up later. Just make sure that you're promoting something. It's like your band. If you're promoting yourself being at the 5 o'clock club, people are going to go out. You have to be there. Believe me. Before the Joe Bucks fan promotion, and they're going to pimp it a little bit. It's not a Joe Bucks fan event. It's my event. It's, it's Ozzy the Sports Junkie event. Just an hour or so of talk as people are walking into the stadium. Then the little junkie and I, 
and L squared will head in for what should be a honey of a ball game against said Murray. Again, hopefully the button. Now this is after a seven week hiatus. They're either going to come back in the race or completely out of the race. So it's going to be very, very interesting either way. But I was thinking about it, Jake. I've been a Bucks game, and I don't. Want to I mean, it kind of sounds embarrassing being Aussie the sport junkie. I don't think I've been to a Bucks game in about seven, eight years. Don't say it. It's embarrassing. You shouldn't even have mentioned it. That's disgusting. I'm not, again, I like being at home now watching the game. Oh, you're one to talk that not go to a game. If I was in New York and I still had my season tickets, I would have given them up. And I would just pick and choose the games I'd go to. Because I do, maybe it's my age, it's 61 now. Well, not that I'm not a spry 61, because yes, I still play sports and I still go out and all that. But I like Sundays at home where I watch my specific team. I could have a small TV watching another game. And I, when, if it's a 1 o'clock game, I get a chance to watch the 4 o'clock games. If it's a 4 o'clock game, I get to watch the 1 o'clock games. Well, might I mention, a lot of those 7 8 years were a little thin, light in the coifers, okay, I might say. Because okay. you take anyone. How about just taking yourself to a Bucks game? Plan on spending about 300 bucks a head. Easy. It's $40 to freaking park. It's $100 for a decent seat. $14 a beer or even a hot dog. For a Buccaneer game? You bet your ass. You can go out there for any of those games and, and, and because it's, it's not s- sold out. And you can get scalp them for 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Probably. So I don't know where you get out, but it's okay. I, I'm, mean, I'm, 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 I'm not going to embarrass I'm, you too much in, the gar- in regards I'm, to it's been seven or eight years. It's <laughs> but it's not, it's not a cheap trip, even if you get a cheap ticket. Okay, a minimum of 150 with drinks and gas. Forty dollars a park. You can't scout parking, buddy. Look, you don't you have, take a bus up there. I just like being shuttle. Home. I'm a boring guy. I like being home Wait, watching a lot. Have of you ever games. been on a shuttle game where you go on a group bus? No, sounds horrible. No, no, that's not true. When Scotty and I did shows, we went to games with a group of people. Yes. Wait, I have been on one. Yeah, with I us did, probably. I did go to a Bucks uh, caravan and I got in a fight. Well, Some guy kept grabbing on my wife. Well, we went to uh, we went to Rays games and we took a group of anywhere from. 50 to 100 people, and so we would have a couple of buses on, and we would, it was great. It was Crushing the beer on the way up. It was great. People was great. throwing up in All the right. bus. And that's a great thing about having a shuttle. You don't have to worry about drinking and driving. You have well, somebody else doing it. Also, with $20 beers, you don't have to worry about drinking, period. All right. Before we head out of the snow holds barred with Ozzy and Jake, which I think was thoroughly entertaining. Thank thoroughly you. Thoroughly entertaining. And I got to have some locks. I got to have some locks from you because okay. you are Dr. Locks. All right. Uh, I'm not going to lock this game, but we've got to give a prediction on the Giants-Buck games. I think the Buccaneers do win. I think they take advantage of Daniel Jones to a degree. I don't think he embarrasses himself. But I think getting too cocky with the uh, Buccaneers after the game on last Thursday night against uh, Carolina is a little too much. I'll take the Buccaneers to win the game, score like 20 to 16, something like that. All right. Well, if I, I was if I was getting too cocky with the Buccaneers, it was just, A, they won a game that they hadn't won in 10 years. That was a game they lose in every single time 10 years ago. And Arian said it. Hey, that's not a pretty win, fellas, but let's keep – that's an ugly win. Let's keep stacking them up. And they can stack up another ugly win. And they, they, they took the ball out of James's hands. That's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, I forgot to even touch base, and then I'll do it quickly. Yeah, now they're talking about because Jameis didn't throw three interceptions to give him his $150 million deal. Slow down a little. Let's see how he finishes the season. If, if they finish over 500 and he has a productive and he learns, advances, shows improvement, absolutely give him his contract. But don't give him it after a game where he just doesn't shit the bed. Jameis threw two games, 36 of 61. That's 59%. You want to get that around 65%. Uh, 402 yards. He's averaging 201 yards a game. Uh, and has two touchdowns, a long of 41. If he can manage two the pick game. Two sixes. All right? Right, exactly. If you can manage the game, don't turn the ball over. And I'm talking about whether it's interception or dropping a ball, getting hit, or making just irrational Check. throws. Right. That's all he has to do. And I don't think they're not game planning for that. They use the term dummy it down. I don't think it's dummy it down. I think it's adjusting. Adjust to his, his strengths and to stay away from his weaknesses. His, his weakness is the deep ball. He doesn't have the touch right now, so stay away from it. Little pump, drum pass in the flat. they got to get O.J. Howard in the mix. I, that was my next thing. This guy is on a milk card, and he was a, a top guy I took in my, in my fantasy league, as every, a lot of people did. He's done absolutely nothing. Now, whether that's he's not getting the ball, I notice a lot they're put there. This was supposed to happen when they drafted O.J. Howard. They were going to go to a, a, a Patriot two-tight end set with Brayton. And Howard, I never saw it once. I see it all the time now with, with Arians. So you got to love his, his play calling, his scheming, too, with, where he's got Chris Godwin just blocking. If he's not catching, he's blocking. Give me a score. Well, the Buccaneers will get it done. I think they get off to an early lead. The Giants score, but then they close it in uh, 
grinding fashion, 24-10, the Bucks get a win, and Buck Fever starts to brew a little bit. I was at a, a hardware store, Lowe's store, about uh, earlier in the week, Jake. The Bucks gear is out. They got the tents out. They got the, the barbecue grills. I said to the guy, I "Go either these are going to be your hottest seller next week, or they'll be half off." Just remember, I went to a two and zero last year, and then this shit hit the fan. The shit hit the fan, and it's going to just slide right down the wall. So just calm down. But, have faith in Bowles and Arians that the defense will continue to improve. Jameis doesn't make mistakes, and the Buccaneers can win some games. They're never going to win any games until the culture is improved. And I saw a little turn to the uptick. I'm not going to get too overexcited about it, but a little is better than nothing. All right, I'm running out of time because i got to go, so let's do this. Let's college football, prime games this week. So many of them, noon games, Michigan State, Northwestern. You say, hey, these are games I always tell you. Two games, that are, and the next one is uh, Wisconsin-Michigan. And I've been telling you this and preaching you this the last couple of weeks. When you talk about over-unders, look at Wisconsin-Michigan State. Always look to the under because of their defensive prowess. This game is under 38. Not sure about that, but if you want to tease it up, 10 points to 48 or tease it to 44, go under in the Michigan State-Northwestern game. Michigan State plays great defense. That's a good one. Wisconsin-Michigan, that's one of the highlight games at noon. Wisconsin, I think, is the better team. Michigan has not played well. They've won two games, but they're... uh, you know, it, it's just not right there. Wisconsin is, to me, my lock of the week. Lay the three and a half points. The over-under, I think, is around 50. Go under in that game as well. well you got some great games, man. There's some beauties on this week. Florida, Tennessee. Florida, of Ooh. course, with the Felipe Franks out. Trask is in. They kind of pulled it off last week against Kentucky. Tennessee is 1-2. and two. They're better than their record. I expect that to be a closer game than the 14 points that Florida's laying. Whatever happened to the Tennessee Vols? Poor Phil Fomer. He's got to be rolling in his grave. Auburn and Texas A&M, one of the prime games. What did you call it earlier? The Big 12 Redneck Bowl. I'm the Redneck sure. Bowl. Auburn and Tennessee. Uh, Texas A&M plus 3.5 is Auburn. Kind of leaning towards Auburn in a high-scoring game. Texas against Oklahoma State. Texas laying six. I like Texas in that game. And the big game matchup, 8 o'clock on CBS, Georgia-Notre Dame. Georgia, a whopping 14-and-a-half-point favorite. Who do you like in that game? I like Georgia with the young quarterback, Brom. I like the cut of his Fromm. jib. Brom, Brom. Brom, Brom. Nelsie Fromm, Lindsey Nelson. Jake has been a stone group, my man. Love you, brother. Love you too, and I love our, our therapy session that we can share with people. If you have any tips or suggestions, you know there is an email for the anchor. It's it's no holds bars with Ozzy and Jake at anchorpodcast.com. You can or you can just send it to Ozzy the Sports or you know call me late at night. We'll talk about it All over right. the phone. The the uh, if everything goes as stated, yes. again we're not promising it, but we're kind of hoping that it's about ninety percent. Scott Hayes will be in studio, and if you didn't listen to the Scott and Jake show from. 2000 basically to 2005 and then again from 2008 to 2010 we're going to be reunited with the oswald himself and i appreciate that i appreciate you guys hey you guys gave me my first paying gig in radio i although it was just it wasn't an on air but it was the only thing available it said hand out t-shirts and maybe you could work your way into the well, to be honest it wasn't scotty and i it was clear channel but because of the bottom line in it if it was up to scotty and i we would we would have Scrap the whole thing. You would have scrapped the whole yeah, thing. Absolutely. Especially after the numerous incidents. You know, don't ever drive a Oldies 107 van to a, a a NASCAR race or whatever it was out east on a Saturday night and offer dollar beers. How I didn't run over people is amazing. Maybe I did. All right, Jake Jacobson. Great show, buddy. Thank you, pal. Go Bucks. Go Jets. Go Rays. Go Rays. Go listen to the Ozzy and Jake podcast on Spotify. Tell a friend, share, like, do whatever you want to do. Have a great weekend. See you next time right here on the Ozzy Radio Network.